Hi everybody, this is John Forrester and this is Out of Character. Today I thought we'd do another round of GM tips and I wanted to go back to something that I've talked about a couple of times in here, specifically like superhero role-playing games, such as Mutants and Masterminds, uh, the Marvel Heroic role-playing game, DC Adventures, that sort of thing. Um, I want to talk about a, a different system, but it, it also expands to other systems as well. I recently got a hold of the Savage World Superhero Campaign book, or the Super Pan Superpower Companion Guide, and I was talking to a friend over at Drawbridge Games, uh, and who we were talking about, he had run a campaign or played in a campaign, and he had, basically what we had, he had said is that in their campaign, they were playing something very much like Hellboy, where, you know, you had uh, guys who were very much like World War II-inspired-esque pulp magazine kind of heroes, and uh, what he had said was that that system works really well as long as you're playing, like, street-level heroes. Anything really beyond that level, it, the system starts to break itself a little bit. Uh, so we were talking about, like, guys like um, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Daredevil, The Punisher. Um, I think what we agreed was that the highest you could go, like, the, the, the extreme power level would be someone like Spider-Man. And it was a really interesting discussion, because I, I do think that you definitely have a uh, an interesting dynamic with street level superheroes that doesn't really apply to other characters. So what do I mean when I say a street level superhero? We're talking about people who are fighting more mundane threats, natural disaster. You know, uh, for okay, for for a guy like let's say Daredevil, Moon Knight, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, a burning building is a serious threat. It may not be a serious threat to them. They have no difficulty escaping from a burning building, obviously, but to save the people inside, they're, you know, running around, jumping through flames, uh, you know, the roof, the things collapsing beneath them. For a guy like Superman, that's no problem. He just, you know, x-ray vision the whole building, fly in, the fire can't hurt him, no problem, you know, or spin around the building super fast and, like, shoot the flame, flames up into the sky, use his freezing, his arctic breath to, you know, cool the building down somehow. There's a million ways he can resolve it, and none of them really are a huge threat. He can probably save everyone in the building and still, you know, make it to the Daily Planet in time for whatever's going on over there on a given day. But um, when you have, when you're running a game like that, you can't really run it the same. It, it needs to be run a little bit differently than when you're running a game that's like the Justice League. It's the difference between running a game that is a, a classic Avengers game and a more, like, New Avengers kind of game. That's what I liked about the New Avengers, because a lot of those street-level heroes did finally make it into the Avengers. Um, you know, you had guys who were, like, Spider-Man in there, Iron Fist, uh, Hawkeye, you know. And you, you, it's interesting, because a lot of people, when you play, like, a Mutants and Masterminds game, um, they don't want to play at the lower levels. They want to play at the higher levels, because they want to have more powers and be better at what they do and just be able to really rip through any threat you put in front of them. There's nothing wrong with that. If you want to play a high-level game, go ahead. I've run plenty of them. The average game that I run is power level 10 in Mutants and Masterminds. Um, but I, I do think that it, it's kind of unfortunate that you get lost in the shuffle. Because it's like, if you look at Luke Cage, I really like Luke Cage. I think he's probably one of my favorite, um, you know, like, not... Not less powerful, but he's definitely not, you know, in terms of, like, he's strong, but he's not strong enough. He's not as strong as Thor, you know? He, he's he got super strength, 
Yes, he's invulnerable. His skin is um, is nigh invulnerable. The dude had a heart attack. I mean, you know, he had a heart attack, and so he's not immortal by any stretch of the imagination. It's interesting to throw to to, to build a story around those kinds of characters because they don't tend to have it as easy as higher power characters. I don't know why, but the more powerful a character seems to be, the easier their life seems to get. This isn't always the rule, but it just seems to be the way things work out. You know, um, like, uh, the, the, the new Avengers, like guys like Peter Parker, Spider-Man, Iron Fist, all of them, they're worried about, like, mundane things, like, you know, how are we, how are we gonna pay my rent? Um, you know, uh, their relationships that they're trying to maintain badly, usually, um, they're ne- they're almost never married. They're you know when they are, their marriages tend to be very strained and you know they just feel real. I don't think Iron Fist has ever been married, and I'm pretty sure I think Daredevil. I know Daredevil was married, but it's just it's just a train wreck, and it's kind of wonderful to to build a campaign around that. So how do you handle it? Um, if you want some inspiration on how to see, if you if you're like, what do you mean when you say street level heroes? There was a run of the ultimate, um, the ultimate, the ultimate universe. It was Ultimate Spider-Man, and I believe they called it the Marvel Knights. Um, it was Shang Chi, Power Fist. It was Shang Chi, Iron Man. No, Shang Chi, Iron Fist, Spider Man, Moon Knight, Doctor Strange, and Daredevil, and they all teamed up because they each had a reason that they wanted to bring the Kingpin down. And it was it was a really interesting team up. It it was like oh okay, so what are these guys trying to do? Um, and they kind of it, it it I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but the wheels totally came off. Their plan was not well thought out at all. But it was a really interesting dynamic because you had all these different characters who had very different personas and different goals and different reasons that they wanted to bring the kingpin down. You know, Daredevil is a very you know, depending on who's writing him and at what point he's in, he's a pretty violent dude. He's very driven. He does believe in justice, but Daredevil can be super, super violent. Um, you know, you have uh, Danny Rand in that universe. He has a kid, and, uh, you know, he's just starting out. He's just gotten out of jail for, you know, beating up some purse snatchers with his, you know, his, his iron fist, his chi fist. So he's like, you know, this struggling, not quite married, not established hero in any way, shape, or form. Shang-Chi, I think, is just trying to, you know, a lot of... I think, like, Hammerhead had been coming in and the power into his into his part of town. He was there partially because he was friends with Danny and partially because he didn't want to see, you know, the, the turf war that the Kingpin was allowing to go on spread any further. Moon Knight was just this obsessive dude. His, his his motivations were weird. Um, Doctor Strange, I think, was just kind of floating around, and they figured, hey, we should get him. He's really powerful. Um, and Spider Man, you know, if you read any of the Ultimate Spider books, he like him and the Kingpin became enemies really early on in those books, and they remained enemies throughout them. And what was interesting with that was you have very different motivations, very different ways of behaving. And it was interesting to see them come together and how they behaved. I really would have loved to see that carry on a lot longer. Um, I love I love weird teams like that. Like you can do so much with that, where you have like um, 
Like, let's say you're doing a team, okay? We'll do a four-person team. You have a, you know, like a, a martial artist, like something like Batman, but you're like Iron Fist, but, you know, just no, no, no chief fist, just normal martial artist guy, kicks guys in the head and, you know, protects his, his part of town. Um, you have a, a small-time sorceress, you know, like minor teleportation, magic missile, that sort of thing, no big spells, um, a werewolf and a scientist who made a, a force field belt. Now, those are all very street-level heroes. Uh, I love I love the idea of bringing them together, but how do you bring these guys together? Well, there's a couple of ways I could see that happening, and they're really interesting stories to tell, depending on the characters that you're using and how you tell it. You could go with something like, you know, um, supervillains have started coming in. Like, if you're doing a low-power-level lo- low campaign and all your characters are like, okay, all you guys are making, like, ordinary people, like firefighters, cops, uh, lawyers, that sort, you know, EMTs, that sort of thing. And the, the, the set-off to this thing is some natural, you know, a meteor crashes or some natural disaster occurs or, you know, something like that happens and you guys, okay, meteor crashes in downtown New York. You four characters uh, are emergency responders on the scene and you work together and you manage to save people and you decide that, you know, you're going to keep together as a, a team to deal with situations that, you know, the even the normal emergency responders just weren't equipped to deal with. You dealt with it better as a team. Or you could do something where, you know, the first supervillain shows up. Uh, like, don't do, like, Magneto because they'll just kill everyone, but, you know... Think like um, supervillains that are lower, lower level. Uh, if you want a good example, like the Kingpin is such a great thing to do because the whole organized crime thing and the crime boss that, you know, is at the top of everything, but he's very, you know, he's very protected. He has wealth. He has prestige. People see him as a, a beneficiary of the city that your characters are, or, you know, the, the environment. Um, I can't think of the word that I'm looking for. Uh, I don't know. What is it? I can't think of the word. Anywho, it, that's a really interesting thing to do where, you know, like, maybe your characters all have reason to want to bring down, you know, the, this organized crime. You could even do something where maybe one of your characters was part of an organized crime family that got, you know, taken out and they're just out for revenge. That's an interesting, hey, you know, there's... The Punisher is motivated by revenge. He is totally a street level character who is really interesting to play. There, the argument—it doesn't take that much imagination to even twist a version of Peter Parker into a character that's motivated by revenge and wants to, you know, because his family was, you know, his his life was ruined. His uncle Ben gets killed. He very much wants to take crime out in a much more aggressive way. You know, he's not he's not living up to his with great power comes great responsibility so much as he just wants to punch people in the head. So, how... But th- those are just a couple of ideas of, like, how you could, you know, bring these guys together. You could do something big and overt and immediate, or you could do something slower and, you know, bring them all together little by little. Um, I would say throw a lot of average, ordinary things at them. 
you know, uh, like they should be dealing with things like, you know, carjackers, um, police chases, uh, burning buildings. We talked about that, but that's an obvious thing to do. Um, you could also, you know, for villains, I, I go to like Spider-Man villains a lot because I just think they're really cool because at the end of the day, yes, Spider-Man is very powerful in comparison to, you know, some of the other more ordinary heroes who aren't, don't have superpowers, but his villains are just interesting, and they have this this cool dynamic. Uh, I love the, you know, the vulture, the the old. I, I don't know if it was the original reason the vulture showed up, but the vulture comic that I remember like his appearance, the first appearance, the most was the vulture was going around town in his costume, Adrian Toomes, and he was just stealing diamonds. Like you'd have these dudes with like the suitcases that are like handcuffed to their wrist, and he was just coming down, grabbing them, and flying them up. And, you know, dropping them and scooping up the diamonds or, like, you know, however he was getting it. But that was just a cool idea. I love the idea of some guy figuring out, like, I made this suit that lets me fly. I'm going to use it to get rich. That's a terrible idea, dude. You made a suit that lets you fly. How, I mean, you could sell that to the army. But it's it's that kind of thing. Like, okay, this guy's, you know, dropping people, killing dudes. How do we deal with that? That's, you know, the vulture is not a high-level guy. He's, you know, he's dangerous to an ordinary person, maybe like a police officer or something like that. But to somebody with unbreakable skin or something like that, he's, you know, kind of a, a loser. He's kind of a second-tier threat. Uh, I think the Shocker is more scary to most villain, to most superheroes than the vulture would be. So how do you, like, how do you stagger this? Like, what do you, what's too powerful? Um, the... The thing I would say is this. If you're doing a Mutants and Masterminds campaign and you want to do it, like, street level, I would say keep it at, like, power level 8. Power level 10 will give them a lot of points to throw around, so if you want to give them a little bit more leeway, go with that. But if you want to really capture the, the street level, I would say do power level 8. Um, and, you know, what you're going to hear a lot is that they can't make the character they want to make. Well, that character may be too powerful for a, a street level campaign in that case. It tends to be that they're going to be really good at one thing. Like, Luke Cage is very strong, yes. Luke Cage is a good fighter, yes. Luke Cage has unbreakable skin, yes. Those three things, that's a street-level hero. That's probably... He's probably the most powerful street-level hero around. Um, if you want to do, like, a, a magic-level hero... Um, the problem with magic is magic is just so adaptive. Like, I love the description of magic in Mutants and Masterminds because, basically, the power description is that magic can be used to achieve almost any effect, which is just true. Magic is extraordinarily fluid. It's very hard to nail down. And I think that's one of the things that people struggle with in those games. It's like, um, I'll be playing with people, and it, their turn comes around, and they don't know what to do because there's just, I have magic. I can, I can do virtually anything. And that's true. When you have magic, you can pretty much do just about anything. And it's hard to limit your options and figure out exactly what you want to do with your powers. So I would say um, if you want to do a magic character, for your sake, you may want to instill some limits in it. Just it, It's fine if you want to be like, I just want general magic. That's fine, great. Or maybe you're, you want to do, um, and I don't know that I would count these characters as street level, but you, the argument could be made, so I'll do, I'll, we'll do a couple of them. Um, let's see. Okay, so you could do someone like 
Zatara. Zatara, the, the, you know, Zatanna's cousin, who he can do spells, but he can only affect inanimate objects. So he can teleport, but he can't, like, you know, he can, like, conjure things, and he can move things and stuff, but he can't affect people. Like, he couldn't teleport you to Brooklyn if you were irritating him. Now, he has other spells and things that he can do. I think I think he learned to, to like, teleport him and his friends around, or he had some way of doing that. But generally speaking, his spells could only affect inanimate objects, not people. So an interesting limitation. Um, you could go with the idea of... Um, I forget the character's name. She was in The Runaways... She had she absorbed a staff of power and she that like lets her cast spells, but each of her spells is a one use only kind of spell. So she can't you know she can cast a she has to use a word each time, but she can't use the same word twice. So she can fly, but she needs a different magic word each time she tries to fly. That was a really cool idea. I, I just I thought that was interesting. Um, kind of play like a a sorcerer who is learning. You know, that was the cool thing about Doctor Strange in that Marvel Knights book. He was Doctor, he was, I think he was the original Doctor, he was a, he was the son of another Doctor Strange, and he had pretty much sat on his duff and just kind of enjoyed being kind of a sorcerer to the stars celebrity kind of thing. He wasn't really art, he wasn't the Doctor Strange of the 616 universe who was the Sorcerer Supreme who had earned the respect of, you know, the, the magical forces of the universe. He was kind of like the entitled rich boy of that universe, and it was funny. So he had a lot to learn. Um, so, you know, you could definitely play just like a sorcerer who's like, I don't know, I need to consult my magical books. Um, one thing that you want to do is, like, okay, the three things that every superhero team has, they have a base of some sort, they have um, some mode of transportation for getting around together, and they have a nemesis. If you're playing a high-level campaign, then your base tends to be, you know, the Justice League, uh, the Hall of Justice, or the Justice League Satellite, or Avengers Tower, or Avengers Mansion. Big, fancy things. Don't do that. You don't live in the Baxter Building if you're a street-level hero. That's for, you know, the Fantastic Four, and they would never deal with a person after unless, you know, Johnny Storm was in love with the person. And then you'd find out that it was Crystal. Um, no. No fancy base. Uh, the new Avengers crashed at Doctor Strange's house. So somebody in the party may be like, I have a really nice house. And these jerks crash in it. And I hate it. So that's one option. You can go with, you know, we, we stay in someone's house. Um, other fun things you could do. Uh, in the Static Shock cartoon, they had a, uh, a gas station. I remember it was like the Static Shock cartoon. They found Richie, Richie, his his buddy, found this old. They found this old abandoned gas station, and that's where they'd always go after school or during their adventures. And they, you know, rig up all his gear and hide all his costumes and stuff. And it was like it was this junky gas station, and it was like hilarious to see these two characters, like you know, who would both become superheroes, and they'd be struggling with, like, you know, how to figure out Static's powers or whatever villain showed up that week. Um, so just keep that in mind. Come up with something your own, you know? Uh, the other thing... So, okay, so that's... It. And then, like, your conveyance. You have, like, you know, good... The, the, the big superheroes have, like, Quinjets and 
the uh, the the Blackbird and um, you know teleporters and stuff. Again, avoid all that. You don't have teleporters when you're a street level hero. You have web shooters. If you're real, I, I I would love someone to make a character who is focused on transportation. Like uh, there's um, there's that supervillain uh, Big Wheel. I think his name is Big Wheel from the Marvel Universe. He literally drives around in a giant wheel. It's like the size of uh, a small a small built of like a, like a house. It's just giant. He just roams around in it, and it's just like I, I'd love the idea of some someone who's like I, I'm Wheel Man. Oh yeah, what's your power? I I have wheels for you guys. And I just drive around. That's his whole thing. Is he's like the transporter of the team. It's an, it's it's something you could do. I mean. You know, you luckily as a street level team, you're usually not going to be like we have to go to Rio de Janeiro. You deal with threats in one part of the world. Like patrolling New York is hard just because you have to get around New York. If you didn't take any kind of like Luke Cage has to go physically from one part of the of New York City to the other. Uh, you know, if you're playing Jewel or whoever, yes, you can fly. If you're playing Spider Man, you have web shooters. If you're playing Iron Fist or Luke Cage, you have to walk or be carried, and Spider-Man's not going to carry you because you're heavy. Even the Punisher has a friggin' van. So hey, that's what you do. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, they had the turtle van, and they had other vehicles that were way cooler, but for the purposes of this, the turtle van. Just think of a van. That's the, I think that's the, the definitive, like a really terrible one with like one of those awful like paintings on the side that someone like crudely tries to redecorate to be the, the, the team logo. That'd be funny as anything. Uh, the last thing is your nemesis. Now, again, you've got to keep in mind, you're not the X-Men. You're not going to space to fight the cool bad guys. You're fighting guys like Electro and, um, uh, I don't know, the Owl. You know, yes, they're dangerous. Yes, they have, you know plots and schemes and you can make them cooler than their names sound but generally speaking they don't they're not trying to take over the world they're not trying to like you know blow up new york or you know carve their name in the moon their motivations are similar to yours they want to but different you know they want to make money they want to be rich. They usually want to be rich, they want to be famous, and they want respect. Those are the three big things. If they're already rich, then those are the guys who are usually at the top of the pile, like the kingpin, where they just want to be richer, which it's like, you know, I'm already ludicrously wealthy, but I want to be even richer than I already am because I'm the kingpin, and that's how I work. So you're thinking, like, how do I, how do I manage this campaign? Just keep in mind, like, really work with your players about the characters that they're trying to make, and keep in mind that, you know, if someone's struggling with how do we make these characters with, like, without making them too powerful, just think of, like, you know, guys like, you know, like I was saying, like, you know, like Luke Cage. Even Batman is kind of a street-level hero. I mean, he spent so much time with the Justice League, I think that he's really been taken out of it a lot. Batman should be fighting, like, purse snatchers and muggers and carjackers. He shouldn't be fighting Darkseid. Yes, it's cool to see Batman fight Darkseid and have some, like, gadget and a bluff to get him out of it. But at the same time, I don't want to see that all the time. I want to see him fighting guys who, like, you know, 
he struggles with guys like Killer Croc and Solomon Grundy because they are so much more powerful than him. And that's a cool thing to do too, is to throw more powerful threats at your at your at your team. Um, there was an issue of the Ultimate Spider-Man books where you found out you know, Spider-Man. Uh, it was Spider-Man, Iceman, the Human Torch, and Liz Allen, who I think became Firestar in that universe. I don't remember. I think she she was a mutant. She had firepowers very similar to Johnny Storm. Um, and the whole issue, there was like a multiple little arc where the four of them were hanging out and it was cool. It was like, you know, it's kind of like Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Um, and Magneto showed up and he was just like, it wasn't a fight. There was no real fight here. Spider-Man, Iceman, the Human Torch and Firestar against Magneto is not a fight. And he very much didn't even treat it as such. Like they were trying to stop him. They're webbing him and he's just like bending his helmet and he like left him tied up with like TV antennas and stuff. But you can throw like really powerful threats at them and their struggle is to figure out how to deal with it. You know, do we, the, the impulse with a lot of players is to jump in, break your, you know, just, just go in fist to swinging. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. You can achieve great comedic effect with that as they run, the juggernaut comes to town and your character who's like, I'm Luke Cage. I'm going to go in there and fist swing. And the juggernaut just backhands him and sends him flying through three buildings. Well, now you have to figure something else out. Um, at the same time, you know, if the players are like, okay, what we have to figure out how, what, what's he after? He's going to, uh, you know, try to kill somebody. He's here, you know, on a job. What can we do to get him to leave? What's our motivation? You know, what's his motivation? That sort of thing. Um, it inspires role play, which is always a good thing, as opposed to just smashing and hitting and breaking things. Which some superhero games, like I, I'll set something up, like a, a, an intricate little moment, and someone plays something and they just completely like smash through everything, and I'm like, all right, cross that off. Don't need that. Let's go smash some stuff. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that, but at the same time, it's nice to on occasion, be able to know that it's like, okay, uh, Radioactive Man shows up in downtown Pittsburgh, and uh, you guys are there, you have to deal with it, he's powerful enough to be a, a physical challenge to them. So they, they can run in and, you know, if they all coordinate their attacks, they can, they can defeat him, or they can try to do something more clever, like lure him onto a bridge and smash the bridge up. Well, they can definitely achieve that. You know, you've got Luke Cage, Spider-Man, the Human Torch and uh, Spider-Woman. Well, between the four of them, they can definitely lure Radioactive Man onto this bridge and somehow smash it, especially like if you have Luke Cage and the Human Torch. Um, but that's just a couple of thoughts about kind of what a street-level campaign is, how to manage it, how to, how to get it in your head, and what to do with it once it's there. Um, the other nice thing about doing it that way is you have a natural progression. A lot of superhero games just tend to... You start off as a member of the Justice League, and there's really nowhere to go from there. I mean, if you're already in the Justice League, you're one of the world's greatest heroes. You can become more powerful, but you just get to the point where it's like, well, we don't really, you're, we don't need a Justice League anymore. We're just so great. We should. So who's going to mess with us? But when you're a street level hero, you know, you you see like it's like Spider Man. He's like you know clinging to the side of a roof. He's broke. He bought a hot dog. He had to like buy a hot dog for a from some hot dog vendor 
that he saved the previous weeks who, like, feeds him for free but begrudges it every time. And, you know, he's thinking about, like, how am I going to pay for my rent? Ugh, jeez. And then he sees, like, you know, the Fantastic Four just go, like, flying overhead off on some grand adventure. And he's just like, this sucks. I'm, I have superpowers. I'm a genius. I should be better than this. And I'm struggling to pay my rent. And it's just funny. Um, it, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting perspective. And you can do a lot of things with street level heroes. Please don't think that I'm just talking about guys like Spider Man. Like, uh, you know, but it, it's fun to play guys who are not at the top of the heap in terms of power, in terms of prestige, in terms of you know being the the world's greatest heroes. It's fun to play the guys who you know take the time to patrol the neighborhoods they grew up in that they want to keep safe who take the time to help their friends out of jams, even though it always backfires and creates some new supervillain. Those are fun stories to tell, and those are fun characters to play. So that's going to be it for today. I hope you guys enjoyed this. Thanks for listening, and I will see you all next time. Bye!